Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to Show Studios Fashion Radio, the podcast video series exploring the remarkable relationship between fashion and music. Every week we'll be joined by fashion's biggest names and the talent of tomorrow as they share their 10 life-defining tunes and the stories behind them. I'm your host, DJ Pat Tony, and today I'm joined by an artist whose immense talent only rivals her personal style, an East London native through and through. She's risen the ranks among the UK's songbirds with her distinct vocal style, reminiscent of the divas of soul. Etta James and Billie Holiday, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I mean the one and only Paloma Faith. Okay, so this podcast... I love how you pronounce my name properly. I've always pronounced it Paloma Faith. Do I yeah, have to Faith. Make up Faith. Um, yeah, no one else, they say Faith. It? It's like, where do you come from? They don't Faith. come from London, do they? No, I've known you many years and I just have always been in awe of you because when it comes to music and fashion, which this podcast is about... You're a name that would come up. I always think, oh, who's in music and fashion? Paloma Faith. Because that's what you do. You cross those boundaries. What we talk about a lot on this on this podcast is, you know, the whole early tribes thing within London and, and within fashion. You yeah. know, we had like pirates and punk and, you know, and it's always gone hand in hand with music. Yeah. And what you do is... You know, we, we we get a lot of a lot of pop stars and a lot of people within the industry that get dressed by the mm. industry, and you can tell a mile off. You know, like I call it the Taylor Swift effect. You know, you look at her and you think, oh, she looks home. Oh. I even know <laughs> whose people's mood board I must be on. Well, yeah, but that's the, that's what's so good about <laughs> you it. Can have you a look. I mean? You go, oh, they've done. They've, they've said I'd that. like to yeah. just. <laughs> but you know what? With with you, it it crosses over. That you know, you you sum up what this podcast is about because it is music and fashion and fashion and music, and that's that's Paloma Faith. That's the Paloma Faith effect because everything you do always has a look and a feel about it. Yeah. So with every song that you've released, there's always an image that goes with it, if you, if you get what I'm saying That's to thanks you. to Madonna, though. You really think so? 100%. Yeah. That's because when I was a kid, like, that Madonna was the big icon then. Yeah, right. And she reinvented every time she ever did anything. And, and I think we live in an age now where musically people just sort of, like, playing it safe. Like, they tend to release the same album over and over again and they do really well with it. Like, we're rewarding that thing of, like, never pushing boundaries, yeah. never changing. But when I was a kid, Madonna was the thing and she reinvented so dramatically every yeah. album that, for me, that was never, like, it was never an option not to try and do that. Yeah. It was like, you've got to, like... You know, somebody goes, what's your look going to be this album? It's like, it's always going to be something else. Yeah. But it's um, not... But, but, but most artists don't do that in the modern time. They, they just They get go, a stylist in and they... People and they love have, that record. Let's rewrite it again with different words. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's move on with the podcast. So the first question, right, which is always one of my favourites, is a track from your childhood that influenced you in your personal style and taste. I've said Marilyn Monroe singing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. I love that. No one's done that. No one's no one's gone to oh, as their first track. Why? Because I was about ten years old, 
And I was obsessed with my cousin, who was like an older cousin. You know, you always, when you're a kid, have yeah. a relative you look up to. And she loved Marilyn. So we had cassette tapes and she'd put the Marilyn cassette tape on. And then I remember seeing the video of her in that pink dress that Ma- that Madonna actually yeah, did copy. The material girl, yeah. yeah. And then it's all the men like carrying her. And she just looks so like sexy and cute and it looked effortless as well though, didn't it? When you well, look watched her, you just thought, oh, she just does it with such ease. Like such a cheeky well, whatever. And I feel like I loved it so much. And it was like it was at a time where I think it's the opposite of what we've got now, where we're talking about what's going on now. It's like girl next door, boy next door puts out a record, everyone celebrates. This Marilyn just felt like she was something otherworldly. And as yeah. a 10-year-old from Hackney, just like not much else, like the cassette went on and I saw her face and I just thought, oh, my God, this was like taking me away from all reality, which is what I wanted to do. And I felt like that, not the not the sort of like the fact that it was um, all about like material things but it was just like really you're just drawn to the, the glamour of it the glamour and like the fact that it, i've never i'd never seen any woman who looked like that yeah and it was like completely out of reach yeah so it allowed you to dream i think and do you think that when you said the word she was like godly do you think she because she died do you think we wait when it comes to these iconic women or men Mm. Uh, that we we that die at such a young age, we we it kind of like they become legends because they died when they died. But I think they were already legends. Yeah, hundred percent. But we just never I, got to see them like make a mess, which like yeah. some who lived a bit longer ended yeah. up doing the, the twilight years. Yeah. yeah, but like I think you know she was. I think we celebrate because it's the potential, the lost potential. Yeah. Isn't I watched. It? Um, I was at Glastonbury. Oh. I watched Elton do. Candle in the Wind and he had this footage I've seen it like about eight times now on, on well, at his gigs there's this footage of Marilyn when he's singing Candle in the Wind this oh, like Super 8 film and it was just so beautiful yeah. and just so raw with her naked and her drinking and her like it's just I don't know what I'm going to have to ask him where they got the footage for because it was so magical I think sometimes there are people in history who are just stars yeah and it didn't matter when you watch the film. She was quite an untalented actress. Yeah. But, but she was a, a star, and I feel like that's something that's perhaps ignored now or, like, not celebrated. Like, yeah. you know, with, like, the rise of, like, anyone can do it, the voice well, X Factor. That's it's it. just, like, anyone. And then we, like, our biggest acts are people who could live next door to us. Yeah. It's like, I think... That wasn't in, that's not inspiring to me. I think the reason why I loved that song was because it was inspiring that I would never be as you can't teach that what mm. Marilyn had. I love that. It's unobtainable and she was just like in her own lane. I love that. I think it's, it's, it's such a, a great first track to choose. Right, track two, a film that was important to you. Very highbrow, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know this. It's Yumeji by Shingeru Umebayashi. <laughs> Can you say that again? No. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> but it was from, um, it's like the soundtrack to In the Mood for Love and um, 2046, which is like Wong Kar Wai films. And I really love it because it's sort of emotional, but also it's 
this the, the women in his films always wear the same dress but in a different fabric. How amazing. So every time you see her, she's in the scene wearing exactly the same outfit but cut in a different fabric. It blows my mind how beautiful it is. It's so simple. But I think they did that as well in The Cook, The Thief, The Wife and His Lover, the Peter Greenaway film. That was Gautier. Every time they they left the room, it was the same outfit but in a different colour. Yeah. That was Helen Mirren being, like, the top most sexiest woman on earth. But, like, this this sort of series of films by Wong Kar-wai... I think it's sort of, you know, amazing because it's all about relationships and songwriters love stuff about that. But I think what's amazing is it's that same thing as the Marilyn thing where it's like this elegance of a woman who's so classy and, like, chic and she's just sort of just effortless and beautiful and she's wearing this same dress the whole... for both films, but Uh it's always different fabric. Well, we're now on the subject of films. Let's talk about your acting career. I think you're fucking amazing as an actress. I've told you how many I can't times have I told work. you? But how many times have I told you? Every time I used to see you, all the time I'd be like, "Oh my god, Pennyworth, you blew you blew the roof off of that series. You Thank were you. so good in it." And I know you were playing an evil bitch in it and everything. Which is very like, easy for me. It's not far to go. It's easy for all of us. But you know what? You were so good. You played it so well. It was just like I just don't understand why you've not moved into that more. I want to, but I, I'm not very good at... I don't think I'm very good at recording video auditions. Okay. And that's what they keep asking me to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, just send so- them that. Honestly, that series, you were just... I mean, I don't think many people saw it because it was on streaming. Yeah. As, as, as many people should have seen it. I was going around telling everyone, have you seen Paloma in this? Because you just carried it so well. Sometimes the directors will was scared there was one director that was always a bit worried because he was like you okay like you really really believe this like there was this one scene where he said to me right we're gonna do you murdering and in the end they didn't use the close-ups because it was too too graphic too graphic they were like we just use the wide he came and like sat me down and was like, I think you need to take 20 minutes. No, yeah. really? How amazing is that? Because he was like, I want you to think about someone that's really hurt you. That's what he said. And I want you to just go for it on them. And it was a metal bar with like a dummy person. Yeah. And I was screaming obscenities and I was like, <laughs> like that. And then there was spray blood all over me. And afterwards he was like, I think we should cut. I think Paloma's. Perhaps gone to the, <laughs> to the place of no return. <laughs> but that's what was, you know, that was what was so good about the series. If you're not you're trained just... as an actor, you've got to do it for real, though. Right, totally right. <laughs> I think you should, I think there's definitely uh, there's definitely a career there for you, for acting. Or I become a murderer. Mm. One of, one of the two. I kind of get close to that some days. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, what do you listen to on a day-to-day? The John Coltrane kind of blue. I didn't really know how to answer it because I'd change every day. So when you get in your car, right? Oh, my God. When I get in my car, when you put it like that, it's always 90s R&B. Right, yeah. Why? It's new Jack Swing. Why? Um, because that's my era. Like, but what does it do to you when you put that track on? I just know every lyric. Yeah, right. Like, there's not a single... Ah, that I miss, or like, I apologize. It's like my karaoke, like, 
moment of makes you feel back to when you were young and you knew every lyric and you listened to your tapes over and over again or you made your mixtapes from like you know do you remember yeah. when we used to do record oh, and on, stop on the, on the radio yeah, on the to stop the, the top talking. 10 yeah of course on top 10 <laughs> literally just like cut it I made you a mixtape but it would always have someone go uh, at the yeah, end at of the each end of it. song that was <laughs> I think everyone from that era used to do that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mixtapes were an amazing thing, and I just think that's something that we that we lack again. Do you know what I mean? Because now we just stream shit. Do you know what I mean? People make mixtapes, but it's not the same because it's, it's not, not got the. It's not got Kid Jensen t- telling you the top ten cutting out, yeah. cutting his voice out of it every time. Exactly. So you had like literally a minute and a half of a song that you would play constantly and rewind and play constantly. And you and can rewind. listen to the end because somebody was talking over. Oh, it. totally, yeah. But so, yeah, so so I would say my day to day would probably be definitely nineties R and B in the car. Do you have a go to song when you feel when you when you're upset or you're feeling down? Do you think oh, and you go home and you just put it on? Do you have one of those ty- kind of tracks? An upset one. Well, it doesn't mean to be Do upset. You know the, what makes go- you want to be? The other day, I listened like twenty five times in a row. Sunshine Anderson heard it all before. <gasps> I love that song so much. Oh my god! Heard it all before. It's I was so, just fool. It's so genius. But there's a Sunshine. <laughs> honestly, what? What? See that? Why is that not on here? <laughs> That's such an amazing track. I was probably being like grumpy when I answered these. I thought, oh, it'll be fine when I'm in the room with. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh my God, I heard it all before. It's such a genius track. Yeah. On so many levels. I See, to that it would like make me happy, but that would make me sad as well when I wanted it to. Do you get what I'm saying to you? I, when I was going for a breakup, I used to listen to, and I'm going to admit it now, Only Love Can Hurt Like This constantly. Oh, all you? the time. But it's true, only love can hurt. It really hurt. can. And I used to like play it. I literally go, Siri, only love can hurt like this. <laughs> and it would just play it. And I'd go, and it gets to the end. And I'd do like almost the mixtape thing. I'd go, right, play again. <laughs> <laughs> just rewind. Constantly, play again. Reload. Because it, it's one of those tracks that just, it, it, it's got, it, it's got it, it, it can take you to that place that it needs to take you to. And, and you know. And Diane Warren, the writer's favourite word is cunt. Oh, well, there you go then. That's so why I love it so much. obviously why you love it so much. 100%. When I, we're, we're, when we're I got to number one, for my first career, number one was in Australia with that song. I'd never had one before. And she sent me a gold bracelet engraved with the words number one cunt on it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I love already. Right, what do you listen to when you're working? And this is a quite common answer. I put silence because it's really distracting if you make, because my work is music. So uh-huh. if I listen to other people, then I start writing what they've written. Yeah. So I try to avoid doing that because so, it gets into your subconscious. So I'm, I'm currently... Um, I can say this. I've got a, a first single for my new album coming out soon. Yeah. And somebody said, oh, it sounds a little bit like this other song. So then we sent it to a musicologist and they like are the people who analyse. Oh, wow, there's such a thing. And say like, would you get win this in court or would you not? And okay. they were like, just for safety, we advise you to change the wow. melody. So now I'm like rewriting it. But it's those times where you think, 
oh my god, I shouldn't have listened to that so much because maybe it went yeah, in. Yeah, subconsciously gone in. And yeah, you, and so you've now I'm like it. trying to rewrite the melody to yeah. not to think. So I don't want to get sued, do I? Well, you know, the thing is, weird, <laughs> isn't it, how the brain works? Because you know, I when we were when I was writing a book, I would go and we speak to people about stories, mm. and they always made the story about them. <laughs> and you say to them, this, oh, this, do you remember when this happened? They're like, oh yeah, I was the funniest person. And yeah, was like, in that on, story, I'm the central that? character. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. Yeah, and we would, I would leave from those interviews and I'd think, are they serious? But, you know, it's like, because, but in, I think in their brain, it's what they take in and they kind of, it kind of over time morphs into them. Memory's a weird thing it's like really that. It really is, isn't it? And it's, it's not just set like, in stone. No. Because I remember like you, I don't know, my mum always tells me how it is. Like sometimes yeah. I recount things. She's like, that's not, that's absolutely not. I remember <laughs> like, what, I remember once um, when I was about 14, 15, you know, everyone used to do, you playing out? Yeah, of course. <laughs> they yeah. don't do that anymore. So they'd come and knock for me and go, play play, allowed it's play. playing out tonight. And then I'd go out and then, I remember, like, the door opened slightly and this kid had said, like, what was your childhood like? And I said it was amazing and perfect. And I heard my mum shout in the back, going, no, it bloody wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's invented it. She makes stuff up. Genius. Like, always positive. Genius. <laughs> but, like, you always, I was like, yeah, my childhood was amazing. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, not with that father. <laughs> amazing. My mum's, my mum's very similar as well. My mum, I did a a talk thing the other week at the theatre and my mum came on stage and my mum's like I've never hit my kids I said you fucking liar <laughs> you used to take your shoe off and hit us with it and my little brother was in the audience I said Dean didn't she use that and Dean was like yeah she used to whack us with the belt and she's sitting there like that eight years old she was like I'll shut up you two and I was like no you used to hit us all the time you're a, you're a fucking lying bitch and the whole audience was clapping and screaming and it was like she was like I've never hit my kids I love my kids you used to whack us with belts do you know what I mean <laughs> it was so genius like it's amazing how they, they when mothers they either say it but as we it all is do or, it. it's amazing isn't it we do all have mean? our own memories of course but also like there's certain people who've done awful things so I'm convinced that if you to survive, you have to block. You yeah, have to be in denial. 100%, 100%. Just, you know, with me, I, I I hold on to bad memories. I don't really remember good things. Okay, because that's because of trauma when I was a kid. And, you know, that change, that's changed now. But I don't, also I really in hang recovery, you have a lot of stuff that you kind of keep returning back. Why, yeah. You know. And, you know, the, I think the further you get down and the more work you do on yourself and the more you confront that stuff and those demons. I hate that word demons, but when you confront that stuff and the, that's where the change comes yeah. and that stuff no longer defines me, that stuff's not the problem for me anymore because yeah. I can talk about it and I think about it. Yeah. Whereas before I didn't talk about it or think about it, so it was a really big problem. I and think we're really all are capable it. of appalling things and we're all capable of brilliant things. 100%. There's no one who's an exception. No. No, there isn't. It just depends on the circumstances. Yeah, and we all get into circumstances and that's the problem. And life throws this stuff at us. And, you know, to have the ability to actually write that stuff. Do you, so do you write a lot or not? Yes. You do, yeah. I've particularly written a ton on this album that's going to come out um, because it's like I feel like I'm dealing with a lot of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Shame's a big one, right? Because I've um, broken up with my children's dad. dad and I sort of vowed that I wouldn't do that because that's what 
are you the doing situation I grew up are you, in. are you doing an Adele with this album? Well, hopefully I'm doing a Paloma. Yeah, well, that's, 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 the, that's the correct answer. Is Adele doing a Paloma? <laughs> that's what she said. But, you know, is it... Are you, are you, is it do you, th- do you find that, that when you've been through pain or you're going through something, that's what you write about? It makes you write better? Does I think so, but I feel like this is to do with me. It's not as clear-cut as, like, me. I think a lot of women write a lot about being victims. Yeah. And I think that this album's about me taking responsibility for what I've done. Amazing. And there's a lot that's of, honest. There's a lot of stuff about me saying that I messed up and, like, but I'm, you know... Well done. That doesn't make me, like... Britain's most awful person. Yeah, no, of course yeah. it doesn't. It's just want... a, there's <laughs> le- there's a, there's an interlude on there called "There's Nothing More Human Than Failure." Amazing. And it's basically there is right. Moving Sorry, on. Back to fashion. <laughs> back to fashion. Yeah, we, 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 that's the beauty of this. Yeah. You see, right? Okay, so let's move on to what do you listen to when you're creating? I've put Janis Joplin. Fucking hell! Why? For this album, oh, for this I album. listen to her loads because. She is, was, is that the one that you copied? No, it <laughs> Thank wasn't God one it of wasn't Janice. Yeah, go on. Um, but I've put it because I just think there was there's something that I've kind of. Um... The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Arrived at with this album where it's a bit more rocky, mm-hmm. but I've always had like quite a soulful voice and I yeah. feel like she's the bridge for that so she had this like church like power but she was allowed to she allowed herself to let it break Uh and I think you know I nearly broke Uh in this last couple of years where what happened happened and I just was like oh my god like I mean it's a bit mad to explain but like my mum was a single mum so I just didn't think it would be as hard as what it was but like I, you know, I thought I would be okay because I'm a very independent person. But it really, like, made me look in the mirror. You know what you do in recovery. Like, you're faced with your own fallibility and you just look at yourself and you're like, I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, What's looking back at me? So I feel like Janice embodied that. Like, she 
you could tell, just hated herself. Mm. And there's so much desperation and suffering in her voice. And she would push herself to the point where she was willing to break for every performance. Yeah. So, like, whereas now people go on stage and you, like, you know, you're trained by singing teachers to reserve your voice, hold back, so you can do tomorrow's show. Or, you know, yeah. you've got a six-month tour, don't shoot your load on the first day and all of that. Whereas Janice was just like... I might be dead tomorrow. She had a load of shit going on and she would just leave it all on the floor, her guts and I her being. That. And I just felt like that's what I needed to do for this record. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, there's some of the songs that I've recorded on it. I've left all the imperfections in because I think it's, like, a symbol yeah. of... You, you know, we live in a time where everything's... Obviously, there's some homogenised songs on there because yeah. you've got to get on the radio, but, like... There's a lot of stuff in there that's raw, like raw and imperfect. Which and think, there's bits yeah. of me talking, which I've never done before as well. But that makes, do you not think that makes you more real, right? I hope so. Mm. I mean, some people are, everyone's, there's, some people love it, some people hate it. Have you it, worked out like, a look for this album yet? No, what do you think? You're sort of cascading no. your things across your eyebrow. Thinking, like, I should just no. model myself on you. <laughs> yeah, it's like the look. whole look is basically um, Tony inspired and by... DJ Fat Tony's whole... I'm going to pull all my teeth out. Yeah, I'm, just, really yeah, I'm going to go for DJ Fat Tony 1989. <laughs> Let's not do that. 89 was a good year. <laughs> so I don't know that 95 you don't want to go for. 96, okay. yeah. Eight, yeah well, the right. 90s is in, so maybe I'll go 96. Yeah, no teeth. Yeah, she looked great. Just punch all my great, teeth out. Great cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Janice, for that reason, I just found it inspiring to listen to her and then take myself to the studio and be like, I don't play it safe. I've never been, played it safe. And I think it's it was about going to the studio and just being really honest. Yeah. And it was hard. Like, I had sessions this time where I was like in bits, like telling people stuff that I was ashamed to admit to myself. Yeah. Well, then you say it out loud and you're like, I can't even believe I'm telling you this because do you, do you, do you I don't forgive myself, so how are you going to forgive me? Okay, so what song represents the sound of your studio? Now, this, when we say studio, we mean like it was a fashion question more than anything, you know, like a house studio, like the house of you know, Westwood or whatever. So within your studio. So it kind of represents, what it means is what represents where you're at in your career. What song? Yeah. Oh, um. I think you've just like really answered it with Janice and everything, right? Yeah, I mean, Take Another Little Piece of My Heart is probably oh. of hers, the one that's like... You've just get. I've, I mean, I've had so many relationships now, and I feel like also like becoming a mother made me give up loads of my heart because it's different. I didn't. I'd never been single before with kids. Yeah, and it's like a different thing. You don't really give yourself fully. Yeah, I if get I'm going to be honest, you Amazing. just go like I've got to retain this because I've got these two people I'm responsible for and I can't just like be a bloody blothering mess at home can I go no. like I'm just very I'm quite a sort of um I know some people show their kids everything but I'm quite of the mindset of like no I've got to be their anchor and a pillar of strength and yeah. I tend not to show them 
Although some people say that's bad parenting, but it's Why? what I prefer to do. I'm a bit like, I'm just like, nope, nothing's going to touch the side but here, you're, girls. But uh, you're, you're their I've parent, it's up to you. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying to you? Exactly, yeah. Some what, people are like, you think. should show them when you cry, otherwise they're going to grow up to think they can't cry. No. And I'm like, well... They can cry, but I don't want them to cry all the time either. I That's mean, not a good thing. I think with my family, with my parents, <laughs> I, I got shown too much. You know, I got shown the drunk side of my dad. I got so, Me too. so you know, and, and I don't. That, that's what some kids don't Me need too. to see. And Do you violence know what I mean? and all that. I don't want no, that. Don't I'm just need like to see that. nothing. Your life needs to be good. So I think take another little piece of my heart. One quick Janice. question before we move on: Do you think that this breakup's made you a, made you a stronger person, or it's made you weaker? I think it's. I don't know if it, if it's. Oh, I don't know if it's a question of that. One of the things it's made me think is that, like maybe there's no there's no clear answers. Maybe mm. it just is. And I think that before I was always like, you know, aspiring to do. I've got to get the kids. I've got yeah. to like. But like maybe I am a bit of a night like nightmare. Maybe I'm a bit of a nightmare to be with, and maybe I struggle to be who I need to be like, or maybe there's different ways like my mum and stepdad for example have been in a, a form of relationship that's taken many different forms yeah. since I was three years old wow now they'd say they were friends yeah but they've never lived together amazing don't knock it that's long lasting yeah of course obviously I was three seven years ago <laughs> yeah you wish but they've right. been together for some time and they live five minutes walk from each other and their relationship is intact it just they've been open to the fact that it, it used to maybe at times be romantic then yeah. it isn't whatever so I think maybe that kind of feeling is cathartic like we put too much expectation on ourselves to think that there's like a one-size-fits-all thing and yeah, I just no, don't think no, it's different strokes for different folks. It, it I really actually is on do so think most relationships last seven years. I mean, my relationship, I mean, at the moment, we don't I, live together and people keep going, you're not going to move in together. No. I'm like, we know he lives up the road. He's absolutely fine Perfect. in his own house. We like our space. And most relationships probably live seven years, last seven years. Maybe they then... My are, last relationship lasted seven years. And then I think maybe sometimes the ones that work are the ones who sit through the bit where it's not working and then have another set. The grey matter, yeah. I get ya. Okay, most important song you've heard from a catwalk show. You... I can't answer that because the the catwalk shows, when they're really amazing to me, are the ones where the music and the the, the catwalk show make one thing. Yeah. So my favourite show of all time is the Alexander McQueen show. Which one? With... So... It's where it was like a mermaid person inside a glass mirrored box yeah, and it amazing. opens and all the flies yeah. fall out. Uh, uh, yeah. And Kate was wearing that dress half cut red The one with thing. the butterflies. Yeah, it was yeah. butterflies. Yeah, butterflies yeah. And then Kate's like wearing that um, dress that was made out of like half sort of sh shells. Yeah, incredible, shells. incredible. That, I've watched it so many times and... It's been on like most of my mood boards my whole career. Where I'm just like, how can I be a mermaid? Like not just like a glamorous one, but a real one. Yeah. I want to do the whole gig from inside a tank in water, and they're like, that's just not possible through silence. <laughs> but I'm just like, but it must be. <laughs> it's just like I'm. What's the name from the, the film Mermaid? Oh, you're, you're, which one are you? Uh, the what's what's she called that she one? Goes, 
The, the, the evil Doe one. Oh, Hannah. Oh, oh, from Splash. Splash. <laughs> I'm Splat. I'm Showing in the tank. Yeah, I'm in amazing. the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing the whole gig from inside the tank. Amazing. Like, as Daryl Hannah. But no, Splash. you don't have gills, Plomer, and you can't breathe underwater, so you can't do that. I'm glad you you mentioned Alexander <laughs> McQueen because it's, uh, you know, do you know those, those shows were incredible. And they also, were... like, I, I don't think anybody's ever lived like him and I never met him and I actually once had an amazing cab journey because it was like I think his cousin was the driver uh-huh. and he was and he was saying sitting with you in the back's just like having him in the back <laughs> he goes you keep jumping from these highbrow things to like local <laughs> news about yeah. East London he's like you just jump from one thing to another and he was like I said that's the biggest compliment anyone's ever given to me because yeah. Like that thing of like being able, you know that poem, If, um, Rudyard Kipling, it's like my mum always used to say it to me when I like left school and everything. She'd go, remember, Paloma, you can dine with kings but never lose the common touch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically what what Alexander McQueen embodied. Yeah, 100%. And it was like, to me, that his show, that particular show was like, just no, like for me, it was inspiring because it was like watching someone else from East London who was probably one of the weirdos, which I was as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, how come you've discovered all this weird stuff when you're just like an East Londoner? And that's what he was like, and I really related to that. And like the sh- the music for that, I don't know who composed it, but it's like, and it's like got that hypnotic thing. That's why I like Michael Nyman a lot as well. Yeah. It's like repeating over and over and over again because life's like that. It's a metaphor. Yeah. Also, that Peter Greenaway film, Michael Nyman did the music for that. It's like the same thing over and over and over and over again yeah. until it takes on new meaning, meaning. And that's what life's like. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away. That's good. I, mean, I, I, I love it. Right, next, a best music video in terms of fashion. Bad romance. Genius, though. But we've had Gaga so many times on this on this podcast series when it comes to music and fashion because they go in hand in hand. It's like you mentioned Madonna. Madonna's another yeah. one that always pops up because they're the greats. And well, Bad I Romance always, is a brilliant video. And I also always, like... Um, refer back to Madonna like oh no one does that no one does that and then when that video came around I was like somebody does it yeah they do and it was important I I don't think people give her Gaga the the, the respect on on those levels as they do to Madonna you know the younger generation don't they they see it as being Gaga but they don't see the fashion sense in it and everything else that goes with it yeah because you know it's a lot of people will not admit that they like bad romance. That they'll be like, oh, you know, we're shy. Yeah, it's very from. mainstream or whatever. Yeah, it's pop, you know, it's gaga. But you know, it, as as it, it's it's a it's a piece. It's a work of art. I it really is. do believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, and also when I was doing because I did a master's at art school, when I was doing that, um, somebody said something interesting to me about real, genuine, true art. 
and it was like the best works of art throughout history all have one thing in common and that is that they can be enjoyed by the mind of a child all the way up to the most intellectual human being so you can't knock stuff because it's commercial because no you can't if it reaches more people than any other thing which yeah. that song did and that video did that is a real epitome of like perfect art, art yeah perfect art yeah, because 100% not all commercial stuff is perfect art, but that is because you can intellectualise that as well as you can just go, oh, it looks nice. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And I, and it, it's a really good way to sum it up because, you know, it does, it, it, it appeals to different peoples on different levels for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. You so know, a kid me, can I, go, I love that video, but yeah. then like an intellectual person can go, that was so poignant. I understood that reference. Yeah, totally, 100%. Or whatever, or the burning of the stuff and all of that you know it's metaphorical okay the next question is a song of a music that i always laugh at this a musician you wish to work with living or dead the dead bit always gets me i'm like living or dead uh, <laughs> and i love your answer for It'd this because i love to her sort as well of dance around on stage with a corpse as <laughs> well imagine. wouldn't it <laughs> it's my inspiration i just like here dancing with the bones of edith pierre <laughs> <laughs> The nose bone. <laughs> well, um, so who's your answer for this I've one? Put Lauren Hill. Yeah. Why? Um, and the, the songs to Zion because um, I, I think it really encapsulated how I felt when I had kids. Yeah. Because it's like she was a f successful musician and she says, like, they told, look at your career, they said, Lauren, baby, use mm -hmm. your head. But instead I chose to use my heart. And it's just like, oh, my God, I've got goosebumps that's amazing. saying it. Yeah, no, that, that made me set up. But I think, like, yeah, I experienced that. I think, you know, loads of people in music never had kids. Everyone did during COVID because they had time off yeah, to of actually course, have right. sex. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I think women are afraid because they think that you're not sexy when you have children and that sex sells music. But I've never felt that sex sold my music and I've always felt like, oh, do you know what? I think that the risk that I... The, unfortunately, we live in a time where feminism's got a lot of unfinished business. Yeah. And the reality is, is you can't just think that society doesn't treat you different as a parent. It does. Like, when a woman's had a mm -hmm. kid, everyone looks at you different. You become a bit invisible. Yeah. But it's up to you to become visible again. Yeah. And you do a very good job of being visible. Being visible. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, some people find it terribly annoying, but no, I don't care. Yeah, but they're the ones <laughs> who cares what they think. That's what I'm yeah. saying to you. So, so basically, yeah, I think I when I decided, I thought, what's the choice? It's like, do I risk losing everything and having the kids that I want or do I risk not having kids and then just having that? And I thought that would feel empty just yeah, to have I'm, a career. You, you want happiness, So right? I'd like my cake and eat it, thank you very much. And at the moment, I think I'm managing to do that. I don't go out as much as I would like. Also, people... Do you think you... Hang on, you said as as you would, would like. Do you, mm. do you think that? Do you get, do you get FOMO? I get Jomo. I get the joy of missing out these days. I really there's <laughs> so many invites that come in. I'm like, mm, I just don't want to go. I I I, I, I think it's a mix. Like it's it's not necessarily FOMO, but sometimes I think, oh, 
I would have gone maybe if I didn't, if I could have got a babysitter and it was a bit short notice or whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. But I, part of me thinks maybe it just means I only go to the good ones. Yeah, which is what you should do and you'd be going to. You don't need to be seen at every to- opening of a toilet seat because that's just, you just say soulless and you, sell, you become a piece of furniture. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I quite like not going. I, I, I also don't, don't just wrong, read, I like being invited. Yeah, I love to be yeah, invited. Yeah, I've got to be invited. If I don't get invited, then there's trouble. But if I, if I and then I turn it down. Yeah, you get what I mean? But you want to like, know you're wanted. Hundred percent. Then you man. say no, thank. Do you know what I mean? If like you don't invite me to something, you're going to get a phone call the next day. Uh, I don't think so. What's going on here? Yeah, you can blame it on your. And assistant. then they go, okay, actually, we have got an invite for you here, and yeah. you go, oh, it's unfortunate because I've made up the plans <laughs> yeah, to I'm, stay I'm home and watch actually. Netflix. <laughs> I'm away then anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, attract represents how you feel about your life right now. We're kind of summing all this up in all the yeah. questions. It's quite a good one. Where are you at? In life right now i am what i am i said yeah, shirley bassey and you certainly are who you are paloma faith that's what i say i just love shirley bassey as well because she's got a career that just spans decades and decades did you see her at the bna the other last no, two weeks ago wasn't you, invited you did, well, oh i didn't go but she was at the D- she was but at i would the have been D- busy yeah she was at the diva she turned up for the diva thing because they had her costumes in the diva in the diva show yeah the, the, the victorian albert museum is showing it for their summer show is called diva and it's all yes, the costumes and i wasn't invited thank you are you included in it I, I would like to think that I was a diva. Well, you, what do you mean you would like to think you, you are a diva? <laughs> at least I mean? a drama queen at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough of them. We don't need any more of them. Though, you know, so I mean, she looks amazing. I saw vid, like videos the next day, like, you know, the world we live in <laughs> on everyone else's phone. And she looked, she looked incredible. Yeah, she is amazing. I think, I think that this album and, you know, what I'm talking about and my mindset is like, I think that for many years of my life, I really tried to be a goody two-shoes and I just like was in denial of loads of portions of my personality and mm-hmm. who I am and trying to push them away or feeling terrible when they emerge. Yeah. But now I'm just like, no, you're a whole person and it's all part of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like quite freeing. Yeah, it's really freeing. You know, when you show people the warts and all, it's and a really still amazing there thing. Going, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I had used to have one of those walks. I got rid of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of like that's how it works. And you know, when we hide that stuff from people, people always—I think we we people know that we're hiding stuff. I, I we overcompensate in the areas that we shouldn't be overcompensating. Totally. In. Like being the loudest person in the room, or being the bitchiest, and all of those yeah. things that I used to be to cover up the fact that I was an insecure person. And I, and I think that today. You know, I've got to this point in my life where I, I actually love who I am, which is a remarkable thing. That's so nice. No, but you know, but it takes There's trauma. There's a song on my album but it takes called I Am Enough. You are enough, though. And we all think we're not. Yeah, I know we do. Also, can I just add, I know it's like a bit like hard, but I, I had one, I did have 36 warts on one foot once. Did from you? Hackney Baths. Oh, how genius is as that? As a kid. 36 warts. 36? Yeah. We don't so want to put, put that on the cover of the album, just that foot. Just the foot. With, with this 36 walls. They might have had to amputate. Fuck off. It was bad. Is that bad? It was from tight. Hackney Baths. Yeah, from Hackney Swimming Baths. How oh, genius. Is that why people used to wear those rubber rubber feet, <laughs> yes. up, like sock things? Little in, in latex socks. Yeah, That's when I got into latex. You wearing that <laughs> <laughs> How funny. So, 
Thanks. All I can say is thank you so much for coming in and doing this. Thank you. And all the God, you don't need luck because luck's not what it's about. You're blessed. I truly believe you're blessed. You 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 just keep shining and. Whatever we go through in life, we just have to turn it around on its head and, and make it work for us. And, and I truly believe you're going to do that with this album because you're Paloma Faith. Thank you. Don't forget that. We love you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're amazing too. Oh, shut up. See you later. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest cunt you'll ever meet. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.